Welcome to the CPS Truth Now podcast, where the truth will set you free from CPS atrocities. And now your host, Adamar Garcia. I would like to welcome you to the CPS Truth Now podcast, where the truth will set you free from CPS atrocities. One of the things that we always try to do is we try to keep in mind that what we are talking about here is the atrocities that CPS has brought upon us. And these are the individual stories that I am bringing to you through the interviews of families and separate people who have been separated from their families. But before we get into the story, I'd like to bring first a word from our sponsors. I'd like to take a minute to introduce our sponsor, and today's sponsor is Kadosh Media, where we are giving the remnant a voice. Kadosh Media is a podcast launching service that provides web design services, web hosting, podcast launching, podcast production, podcast open hosting, and podcast marketing services for kingdom-minded podcasters. If you want to launch a podcast, just go to www.kadoshmedia.com. Com. Today, we would like to bring to you a story of a friend of mine, and they uh, haven't told me as of yet whether they like to use their names. I'm assuming that they will, uh, but if they do not, then we will keep in mind that they wish to be remain anonymous if this is their choice. First of all, if you would like, uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves, and we'll go on from there. Hi, I'm Michael Blaze. And I'm Teresa Blaze. All right, we'd like to welcome you to the show. And uh, thank you. Michael, uh, would you like to start off by telling us the beginning of your story? Well, the beginning of our story started in early 2007 when we discovered that my wife was pregnant. And we. Needless to say, we're excited, scared, uh, frightened at times, and, you know, everything it was... You would expect for a new, uh, newly married couple. I mean, uh, we'd only been married about a year at the time, so <laughs> we didn't know what to expect, and uh, so... It was a little crazy, but so... Pregnancy went on till about, I don't know. We knew based, based on my wife's health history that uh, she might have, that whatever baby that we had might have some health issues, uh, but we figured we would just persevere through it. I can remember at one point when the doctor said, you know, this baby may have some real issues. You know, are you sure you don't want to terminate this pregnancy? And do you remember our response, Therese? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I told him I don't believe in murder, and, and your response was not only no, but hell no. So, I mean, uh, it was pretty much a no non, non-issue there. We were not going to, uh, we weren't going to go there. Right, and so you both agreed together that you were not going to terminate the pregnancy regardless of what health issues the child had. Exactly. Correct. 
because we considered the child a gift from God, and we figured if God wanted us to have this kid, then we would have the kid. We would have the little one. Of course. So time time came along, and it was about uh, October of that year, 2007, and we ended up uh, finding out that uh, Mandy, we, we found out was a girl, and we were going to name her Mandy. And that she was gonna she was gonna have heart potentially have heart problems okay yeah Uh, um i i remember very clearly that day because um i had gone to you know get an ultrasound and uh i called mike at work and told him hey we got a problem because our kid has some there's some kind of issues with her heart we don't know what so at the time, you didn't know what kind of high problems. It could have been minor or it could have been major and you wouldn't have known. Exactly. Yeah, there was a lot of fear um, around that time because we didn't know how severe the issues were. And you being a first-time mother, I'm sure that your fear was probably ecstatically huge. Well, yeah, because I knew, well, not only... Um, I knew that my medical history alone was enough to add to, to the issues um, because I have an extensive medical history of my own. Um, I mean, I, I had eight heart attacks when I was a baby, for example. Right. And I had open heart surgery when I was like six years old. So Lord only knew what kind of issues we were going to f- be facing. So you knew, so you already knew that there could have been problems related to the heart issues that you had experienced. Mm Mm-hmm. And how did you feel about that, Michael? Um, I mean, but at that point, you know, I started to get a little bit nervous about it, but I, I, you know, we had decided to trust in God. We were going to trust in God and, and expect him to get us through it. Okay. So time goes by and uh, Teresa ended up on for the last, uh, what baby, two months, you were on bed rest. Yeah, six to eight weeks. Yeah, I was on complete bed rest because we were having some problems with the uh, pregnancy. The placenta had completely separated from the wall. And the only way they they said that I'd be able to carry this, this child to term was um, if I went on complete bed rest. So you basically did that because you did, of course, want the child. Exactly. Yeah, yeah there wow. was no question. And where, what, happened, what happened after that, Michael? So fast forward a little bit and uh, to the day of Mandy's birth, which was December 18th. And we went to the so hospital. So short, shortly before Christmas, she was born. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah, we had to deliver her by C-section. At the time, we had to do C-section not only because of uh, Mandy's issues, but also at the time we were still trying to save what was left in my sight because I was um, also blind. Right. So they were afraid it would affect other parts of your body if you went and went full term and had a normal pregnancy birth. Correct. Yes. Okay. So they opted for a uh, C-section. Okay. 
the CSEX went without a hitch. Um, her APGAR score was actually pretty good at the time. Um, okay. And uh, she spent some time in the NICU. You know, everything was, was moving along. Uh, you know, th there was this, this hint that something was wrong. And right. You just didn't know what it was at the time. Well, we knew she was good. We knew, we knew she was probably going to have heart problems. And they were right. doing a lot of testing on her. I mean, a ton. And I mean, yeah, we were, it, that, that first day, four, that first day, it was like in and out, in and out, in and out, doctor, 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 asking us questions. And, and Mike, you said, you said at that time, if I remember correctly, you said there was like 20 different doctors that came into our room. It sure felt like it. And I remember there was one doctor in particular, and this caused a lot of our problems later on. And she came in and, and she was a psychologist and she started asking us questions about our educational background and et cetera, and our medical history. And Teresa mentioned that she had an ASD heart repair as a child. Right. Well, that caused us a lot of trouble because for some reason, that doctor wrote in the rector, it record late of autistic spectrum disorder. And okay, so, but that's not what it was. No, it wasn't. No, it no, it was an repair. ASD heart repair. It was like a, it was like a heart repair in the upper chamber of my heart. So they, so the A standard for the atrium, which is part of the heart. Exactly. Yes. But they, she put down autistic. Autistic, what was it again? Autistic spectrum Autistic disorder. spectrum disorder, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm assuming later on this caused issues with CPS, which at this Ugh. time, at the time, they weren't even involved. Exactly. No, no they were not. Manny After born, she's in the NICU, and, you know, we, we, we spent a lot of time at the hospital as much as we could. Right. Because, and... They, one time, there was this one time when Teresa was holding Mandy and she heard her start to, you know, to, her, she was having trouble breathing. Right. And then the nurse I took, could literally hear her wheezing. Wow. And, you know, I called the nurse over. The nurse took one leak, took Mandy away from her and kicked us out. And, you know, from then on, she was on a vent. So and she was on a ventilator pretty much at the beginning of her birth. Um, yeah. Almost, yeah. Almost, yeah. There is nothing like watching your child crash right in front of you. Nothing uh, like I, it. I, I, I believe that. I honestly believe that. Um, I myself have, as you know, I have several children, and I couldn't imagine what that would feel like. And so what? For what once she was put on the ventilator, what happened at that point? Well, she was in the NICU, and basically, it you know, it got to the point we we couldn't pick her up, we couldn't hold her, we couldn't do anything with her, and you know we didn't really know what to expect. But Mandy, fortunately, is a fighter, and she survived all of that. So and you named the child Mandy. Yes. Okay. And just out of curiosity, where did that name come from? Go ahead, Trace. She was named after she was named after my sister who was murdered uh, when I was six years old. 
Okay, so that was named after your sister. Okay, so yeah. Mandy, so what happened to Mandy at that point? Okay, so a little bit of time went by. I think it was about, what, two or three weeks, Therese? It was, it was that, in yeah. January, as I recall, that uh, they finally got her into the cardiac ward and, uh, and you know, to do some will kind I of ever, Will I ever forget surgery. the fish bubble? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adam, picture this in your mind, okay? I know you've been in some, uh, some uh, urgent care, not urgent, uh, like ICU kind of places. Imagine a room probably 20 feet long right. and about, about 10 feet wide. No, right. 15 so feet wide. So basically a small room. A fairly small yeah. room. And its main characteristic is there was a great big huge glass window that they could pull open to, you know, to like if they needed to bring in equipment in or out and stuff. Right. It looked like a big fishbowl type window. And all we had was like one little tiny spot where we could kind of pull out the little folding chair and the futon and, and crash. Uh, and so Mike and I were always, we always felt like we were under observation. Hey, here's the places. See, ya. watch them eat, you know? <laughs> uh, right, right. It, it, it always, you know, and, and, and then add, to that feeling the constant beeping of monitors never ending 24 7 constant beeping and so we stayed there for about two weeks and then finally the staff was like uh you guys need to go home and rest and i remember the first time we went home and it was quiet not only was it quiet, but someone had made up our bed and our cat was waiting for us on the bed. And he just looked at us and went, meow, like, hi, I've been waiting for you. It was so you hadn't been home for a very long period of time when, we were, the, when she was in the cardiac unit. In the yeah, ICU we were, we were, we were staying her with her. And keep in mind, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't even change her diaper. The nurse had to change her diaper. We could do no care for her whatsoever. She was in that critical of a condition. So she was so critical that you weren't able to go in and touch her at that point. I could touch no. her. The only thing I could do was hold her finger. That was it. Or she could hold my finger. That, that, that was the only thing we could do with her. And that was the only contact you have. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so as far as bonding, there was a very hard and long time of bonding afterwards, I'm figuring. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yes, there was. Uh, because so it was difficult because you weren't able to touch a child. The child wasn't able to touch you, obviously, except right. your finger. And right. that's not a bonding experience for a child. No. no so that not. must have been very hard for both of you to handle as parents, knowing that you want to pick up your child, you want to hold your child, and you can't do that. Right. It, it, we had our moments. Trust me. We really, I mean, at the time, we didn't even know if she was going to live. We really did not know. So what happened um, at that point? So what ended up happening is, so a little bit of time went by, and then um, toward, she had 
she ended up having two two heart surgeries altogether. And they what they did is they went in and they repaired the holes in her heart and uh, fixed that valve that goes to the lungs. I can't remember what that valve is called. So th there were two separate surgeries in order yes. to repair yes. two different holes in her heart. No, multiple yeah. holes. She had multiple. Oh, multiple. Holes. Multiple. So she had she multiple had, holes in her heart. She had yes. an ASD. She, her her the technical term for her procedure was an ASD VSD heart repair, because they they repaired both the uppers uh, the upper chambers of the heart and the lower chambers of the heart. So there was so it was something similar to what you had then, right, Carissa? Yes. Yeah, it was. That except must the, have been uh, hard for you. Had, It was, but I mean, I also, you know, it was kind of one of those, well, can't fix it. Got to trust God. Yeah. You know, it was one of those moments. Right. Right. And what, what did you, what did you, what happened at that point? Once her, the holes in her heart were repaired, did she, was she ever able to come home? No. She came she home. Didn't come she home. didn't come home until a year and a half later. So let me get this straight. Going through all of this, knowing that you have the most difficult time of even bonding with your child, much less actually touching your child, except through a holding of a finger. Exactly. And I'm assuming that you both weren't allowed to be in there at, for a, a very limited amount of time, obviously. Depending on where she was, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we were limited on how much time we could spend with her. So, and yeah, there's a lot I mean, of detail. Was, you know. So, okay. So after all of this, after a year and a half, okay, let's, they, uh, she let's, was able to come home. Look, yes, that's correct. But we, there's one other piece that we need to get in here. Okay. And that was the fact that uh, because she had a cleft palate, and they could not get her to they they could not get her to to uh, suck a bottle. Um, so even, so there was another issue then, not just yeah. the heart. Yeah, the, they were all. She had multiple issues. Her uh, between between the heart issues, between the cleft palate, and and then every time they tried to take her off a ventilator, she would crash every single time. Um, so, and so, so she was having problems breathing too. Yes. Yep. Did they ever say whether that was related to the heart? I'm sure it had part. I'm sure it was partly to do with the heart, but it also had to do with the cleft palate. I don't, oh, okay. I see. My understanding is that when they were trying, you know, when they would take her off the vent and she'd start to crash and they'd have to put her back on the vent, they were having a heck of a time trying to put uh trying to uh reestablish her airway so right where she was breathing on her own that of course exactly so what we ended up having to do was they they put a trach and a right. uh, feeding feeding tube on her at the same time i see okay which was her third surgery so she basically had a couple of surgeries having to do with her heart right she had a surgery having to do with her cleft palate. Right. And then she had a surgery 
having to do with what was the last one again? The last one was the trach and the G tube. The, 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 the trach and the the feeding tube. Right. And then of course there was the issue with her being taken off the ventilator. Right. Wow. So what ended up happening is eventually she stabilized and they got her to the point where she was ready to uh, to be moved over to uh, another facility. A skilled nursing facility. Yeah, yeah. skilled nursing facility. Um, okay. And so they moved her over there and they then they ended up, uh, from there they took her to an actual nursing home and that's where she spent most of her time. Um, and how, how long did this last with the nursing home and the skilled nursing facility? Let's see, that takes us to, because she was at, I think she was at that one, the, the skilled nursing for a month, and then they, they had put her at uh, the nursing home after that. Uh, okay. So, and she was back and forth a few times. You know, we found out she was lactose intolerant, so they were having a hard time finding formula that would work for her. Right. You know, just a lot of stuff like that. But she was she was a fighter, man. I can't say that hardly uh, high enough. I mean, she was a fighter. Right. And so what was going what happened then is they wanted to train us how to take care of her with a trach and a G tube. The problem was we um I'm totally blind. My husband is partially blind, and the, some members in the staff did not believe that we could care for her. So she hasn't even come home at this point? No. Correct. Okay, and members of the staff didn't think you could care for her because of what? Because the they blindness. thought we... Yeah. Because of the blindness, because we, we we would be medically unable to care for her, because we could not see to do it. Okay, yet, okay, if and if I understand your blindness correctly, you were considered completely blind at that point, correct, Teresa? I was, yes. Okay, and then Michael is not, he, he's more considered visually impaired, but he just, his blindness is, as I understand it, you could see shadows and things of that nature correct michael i see a little more than that but you see a little more than that yeah i mean i'm legally blind right you're considered legally blind right um and yet they didn't think that you could care for a child because of the blindness right and, and this was at this was at the skilled nursing facility and yep. the nursing home yep well what ended up happening is okay see they're training me a little bit they showed me how to how to suction her trach and they showed me how to change her diaper and stuff and you know a little bit of stuff um they right. they showed Teresa how to how to change a diaper that's all they all they showed her how to do okay and they, they wouldn't show me how to care for her <laughs> at all um in fact one of the respiratory therapists told me i don't believe a blind person can take care of someone with a trach they actually said that yes yes yeah, they were documented. They documented it in in the record that they believed that a blind person could not suction, could not suction. Oh my God, I can't believe that. And yet, wow. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm completely amazed by that that statement. Uh, that a disabled person of any type cannot do something because because of their disability. Exactly. So to make things worse, uh, we and we didn't find this out till much later. We had a pastor that uh, we were going to a particular church, and but while Teresa during Teresa's pregnancy. He had brought over a, because we didn't have a kitchen table at the time, he had brought right. us a kitchen table. Right, but it wasn't him. It was an elder at the church. Yeah, it was the elder that, that brought it. Now, you're right. So it was somebody else who brought the table from your pastor who gave you the table. No, no. Actually, yes. it was the elder that gave us the table. But oh. he saw that the house was a little bit of a mess, and he, he took me, you know, he he chewed me out about it and uh -huh. later on i found out he told the pastor uh you know the, about this so and the pa and the pastor instead of coming to us and confronting us directly went to a social worker and told them i don't believe this family can care for this kid and the church can't help her help them well wait a minute now, now let me understand this correctly and correct me if I'm wrong about this, okay? You have been going in and out of hospitals, skilled nursing facilities, nursing homes to try to take, to try to learn how to take care of this child who of course has multiple problems. Right. And because you're blind, we have staff members who are stating that from these facilities that they don't believe that you could care for them. I mean, they're actually documenting this. Yes, Correct? exactly. Okay, yes. and then you have a pastor, an actual pastor of a church who goes to a social worker, and this social worker was from where? At the skilled nursing facility. Okay, so the pastor goes to the social worker and tells them that they don't believe that you can care for this child because of the blindness issue and because of the messy house issue of which he did not see. They actually documented that we had roaches and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it was a, it's a oh bunch, my God. bunch of flipping lies. And I mean, the elder didn't know it, didn't know crap. And, you know, they put two and two together and made 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you haven't been, so been we home. Were you, you haven't been home to even take care of your house because you're trying to take care of your child. Yeah. So, so the thing is, we're called in. We're called in. Right. At, Mandy is still at the skilled nursing facility at the time. We're called into a meeting, and there was about twenty people in the room. So we're supposed to have this big care meeting, and right. we, you know, we invited. Um, we invited another social worker from another program that we were uh, connected with to right. be there to kind of help support us. Right. So what ended up happening, there's another piece to this story we haven't told yet. And what was happening is Teresa has, was having these seizures and they seem to be triggered by both stress and certain certain chemical smells and whatever okay. it was that they used at the nursing facility to clean it right was causing her to have seizures okay okay so 
what ended up happening is we, you know, we were when she'd have a seizure, she'd basically be wiped out for the rest of the day. Right, because that's what a seizure does to you. Exactly. Yep. So that day, the day before we, we were supposed to have this meeting, we were supposed to be there up at the nursing facility to, to do training. And I called uh -huh. in and I said, I'm sorry, I don't think we're going to be able to make it. Uh, Teresa just had a really gnarly seizure and we're not going to, we're going to have to, to schedule this. I guess we'll see you at the meeting tomorrow. So okay. we come in to go to this meeting, but we decided, okay, we're going to go see Mandy first. And, you know, we go into Mandy's room and we're checking on things and making sure everything's on the up and up. And right. these two individuals walk in the room. And I, told, I, I looked at them and I said, who are you? Oh, we're from thus and so from Child Protective Services. And there's a report that wait. you're medically unable to take care of your kid. And wait, 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 wait. You go into Mandy's room to check on Mandy and to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you have two CPS caseworkers suddenly come into this room who you have never seen. Correct. Yep. And tell you that there are claims that you cannot take care of your child. That I was, we were medically unable to take care of our kid. That was their term. That you were medically unable to take care of your kid. Right. That's right. And what happened then? I'm assuming you said something to them? I, we didn't know what to say. We were in complete shock. Like, like what the hell? So we and so we're just looking. We ended up like just kind of saying, okay. Uh, you know, there's there's so many questions at that point. Who called these guys in? What do we do now? You know, and, and we still have this big, big looming meeting over us. And so we go into this meeting. There's about 20 people in the room. Were, the, were these CPS caseworkers at this meeting? Yes. Yes. And for about like two and a half a hours. Yeah, it was. For two and a half hours, we were ramrodded. We were lamb blasted. We were horrible parents. We weren't keeping up with our training. We weren't doing this. We weren't doing, our, doing that. Wait a minute. And, and one of them actually had the nerve to sit there and say, the kid's social worker had the nerve to say that Mandy was ready to be discharged to home. A flat out, flat out for lie, you know, because they were saying that, oh well, you, you know, well Mandy's ready to be discharged, but you're not doing the training of this and that, and it, it was crap. I mean, Mandy was failure to die. There's no way they were going to discharge her. Okay, so wait a minute. She really wasn't ready to be discharged. No. But one of the social workers in the meeting stated that she was. Correct. Exactly. And then. And this is the social worker from CPS? No, it's a social worker from the hospital. Okay, so this is the social worker at the facility. At the facility, yep. yeah. Okay, and, so... I mean, we, and we were just sitting there. I mean, Mike and I really didn't know what to say. We were, we were like shell-shocked. I mean, this lasted for, what, two and a half hours at least? At least. You know, and... We well, wait, uh, finally, who, well, who was doing most of the talking at this point social in this worker. meeting? The social, social worker. worker. The social worker from the from the facility. Yes. yes. And the social workers 
from CPS were there. Yes. These are, yes. I'm assuming they were investigators. Yeah, yes. they were investigators. And so you're being ram ramrodded with all these accusations, all these allegations, and all these false claims, such as Mandy being released, and none of it was true. None exactly. of it was, and, and of course, the only capability that you had was what they trained you to do, such as, I'm assuming, taking care of the diaper and taking care of the trach for you, Michael, correct? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, and see, the thing was, they, I mean, as far as the training, they pretty much cast me aside because they figured I couldn't do it. So they didn't even take the opportunity to train you, Teresa? No. Because they said that you weren't, first of all, you weren't able to, and second, first of all, you weren't capable because you were blind, and second of all, because you were incapable because of your medical issues. So all of these accusations and false allegations are being thrown at you. You basically are alone in this meeting, except for a social worker that you brought with you. Yes. Correct. What did the social worker that brought you brought with you say to Nothing. these people? She, she didn't say anything. She didn't say anything. She was in complete shock but, at what they were doing to us. Yeah. So basically, I mean, you I, were all three in so much shock, you didn't know what to say. I mean, I tried yeah. defending our, myself and, and, and telling them, no, that's incorrect. And, you know, they taught me how to do this and they taught me how to do that. But it, it was like, it just totally went on death ears. Oh, my God. So I want my audience to understand that this is not uncommon in certain states. They will throw false allegations at you. I, I mean, you've heard some of the stories before from the false allegations, such as from Thomas's story, who was the first person I interviewed. I mean, this is not uncommon. You're seeing the patterns that are happening here, that they set up people sometimes for, for God only knows what agenda. Right. Uh, but they're basically saying that you are incapable because of your medical issues, because of your medical situation, because of your disability. You're incapable of taking care of basically a special needs child. And we're told that that's not an uncommon thing, believe it or not, that there are that, that many blind people have had. I mean, it, it's been so Running. bad that... That, that right after the baby's born, there's a CPS worker there to take custody of the kid because they don't believe the blind person can take care of them, even a normal, healthy kiddo. So, so there are stories of other people out there who are blind. I would like to, look, I, I want my audience to know that if you know of any blind people out there that other than Michael and Teresa that uh, have stories like these, I want stories like these. Yeah. This is what I want because this is, this is wrong. It I is. happen to know Michael and Teresa personally. Michael was, has been able to care for this child. Tell, tell me exactly how everything ended for this CPS case, obviously. I mean, I, there's a lot more well, detail to were, go into. There's a, and there's actually two CPS cases, one in which our daughter was taken away from us for 19 months. That was separate. Yeah. Yes. And I'm assuming they brought all of this 
past stuff from this CPS case that was going on at the facility. You got it. You got it. Okay, so and, let, yeah. let's talk about this. How did you end the first CPS case? Obviously, you ended it because I happen to know you had Mandy at home. Yeah. So what ended up happening is we went, we went, oh man, we went through a lot of stuff, but we finally, after, after, let's say that was right after the, right, so right after that meeting, uh, they told us you will report to this nursing home, uh, this afternoon, uh, and you will stay there. For, you know, to, for 30 uh, days. For 30 days to learn how to take care of her. So you needed to stay in the nursing facility for this first CPS case yes. for 30 days in order to learn how to care for the child. Correct. And no. what exactly happened with that? Well, what ended we up happening is they dropped the training. Yeah. They ended up dropping all the charges because uh, we completed the training. We did everything we were supposed to. During that time, they were still trying to document crap. and uh, um, Like they were asserting but, that Teresa wasn't bonded with Mandy, as an example. Oh, yeah. And, they, and so we, while she was training, she had to sit there in a, chair, in a rocking chair with Mandy in her arms, for what was it, baby? Thirty minutes a day, if I remember 20, right. Twenty minutes a day, so something like that. Something like that. It was that. so freaking um, in in public. It was view. so freaking embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were basically put on display. Yeah. Yep. Again. Did you have to go through this, Michael? No. No, they they, they didn't do make me do that part. Of it. They made Teresa do that part. Okay, but what did you have to go through then? Obviously, I, there were I had things to go, you had through, to go through. That it was actually a month and a half. Normally, they they'll only do like two weeks with the parent of a kiddo with the, some of the issues that Mandy had. But right. because we were blind, they put us through a month and a half of the train of training to make so sure that you we had to go it. through triple the training time. Yes. Yeah. And were you able at this point? At this point, Teresa. Were you willing and, and able, and were they actually training you? I was willing. Um, they were doing the bare minimum to train me. Uh, they didn't know how to train me because I was totally blind. And so someone finally called a nurse in from the Foundation for Blind Children in to help train me in the way that I could understand. And I mean, she learned everything. She learned every, every, pretty much everything that I learned. Um, you know, she learned how to suction. She learned how to do CPR. She learned how to, uh, you know, one of the things you got to do is you got to change out the, you got to change out the trach ties a certain time, number of times per week. Because what will happen is the, the ties that hold the trach in place will get, will get kind of gnarly. And so you have to change them. And right. there's a procedure involved in that uh, that we had to learn. Okay. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Of, I and I, I can understand their caution about that because it is, it's, it's kind of dicey. I mean, you're literally taking a tube out of your, out of your kid's neck and 
and putting one back in and and you're supposed to do it in under under a minute because you know after that that air that airway can start closing and you know you can the child die. can't breathe then you have an emergency case exactly so yep. in order in order for that to happen you were the one that was i'm assuming you were the one that was primarily doing that at home no we both did it okay so you both, we both did, did it okay yeah. She would, um, she I, would was hold the one, the I was the one, I would pull the trach and then Mike would place it back in. Okay, so you were basically sharing in the capabilities of replacing the trach. Right. Yep. We and find just, it, and, and the reason, just, you know, the only reason why the train, why we even had the training is because we finally got some people on our side, you know, that were, that, that were rooting for us and, you know, they're uh, I'm, I, I'm assuming the one that was training Teresa uh, how to do the, the trach and the CPR and all that. I'm assuming that she was on your side. Uh, yeah, she was. And our advocate was on our side. And our advocate's the one that turned the whole thing around. Okay, and who who is this advocate? Can you name her or no? Yeah, I name her. Her name is Sherry Howard. And what did she do for you? Oh, my God, dude. Well, so what happened was the social worker that we had brought to the meeting where we got hammered, she watched everything, realized that we were getting ramrodded, and called Sherry and said, hey, I have a family that's in trouble. Okay. Um, and so Sherry calls us. We don't know her. We're at home. We're just sitting there going, what the hell do we, and, 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 and keep in mind at the time, we were so in shock, we were thinking about giving her up for adoption. Yeah, because you didn't know what to do. I mean, you were right, you were right. hammered so, into a situation that you thought the reason why you were thinking that way is because you were thinking maybe they're right. Yeah, yeah. And so what happened was Sherry calls us and goes, you're thinking about giving up your kid, aren't you? And we go, yeah. She goes, you don't want to do that because if you do that, they'll charge you with medical abandonment. Oh, my God. So, Wow. And I mean, so she and, knew and we were, and so she tells us this. She goes, "I'm help. I'm. I. This is what I do. I help in cases like this. I need you to sign some release forms." Uh, and we're like, "Okay, I don't know who you are, but if you're here to help us, sure, you know." And so she starts looking into everything, finding out what's going on, and she actually helped push the issue of, "Hey, we need to get this blind family trained." And get this kid home. Yep. But, wow. you know, Mandy was not ready to go home until that year and a half. She really was. Yeah. Right. No, because she was failure to thrive on top of everything else. And she had brittle bones. Yep. How there many was, times did There was even one incident when she was in the hospital because she had a broken clavicle. They, they did an x-ray and found out she had a broken clavicle. How many and, times did we get call, phone calls of her breaking a bone in some way, shape, or form? And we're going, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. So it was crazy. So eventually they train us and they bring her home. And we, ha we had um, in-home care. We had in-home care for her. And, um, and so we are doing well for about four years 
if right. I'm thinking right. Okay, you know, we had typical uh, household issues, so on and so forth. We're doing okay. And then the next case started. And that, uh, that okay, started so tell because- me, tell, me, tell me how that started. Uh, they left us without supports for 72 hours. Okay, so let me get this straight. You had uh, you had caretakers and nurses that were coming to the house, correct? At mm -hmm. that point, no. Okay. See, we so had care when we first came home. We had caretakers and nurses. They cut that back to strictly nursing. Okay, so they started cutting back things to just nursing, and right. then of course, all of this is for Mandy's benefit anyway, correct? Yes. So they okay, said. Okay, so so they said. So what happened? Is, what happened at that point then? So we had this situation. It was in April of 2011. Um, we we had this situation happen where Mandy uh, they we had one the nursing agency wasn't able to send anybody out. One of our nurses was out on 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 leave, and the other nurse was out uh, with the medical. Her her dad had died, so she was going to a funeral. So they had nobody okay. to cover us. So they left us, you know, basically without any supports for 72 hours. And, uh, you know, when and, that and of course, this support, this support is needed for Mandy. I'm assuming medications yeah. and, and of course, Me possible when, extra training if necessary, things of this nature. Well, right. But not only for Mandy, but, but but for us, because the amount of care that she required um, was very emotionally and physically draining on on um, all of us involved. And so we we were told, you need to be able to rest because you need to be able to care for your kid. Well, we couldn't rest, not for 72 hours. I mean, it got so bad that um when mike would sleep i would be awake and vice versa eventually i'm assuming both of you weren't able to to to, to do this yeah um so what happened was we had a nurse fi they finally got a nurse on board and the, she came in she and she looked at both of us and went go to bed you know because we were both just mentally fried uh, mentally and physically just fried. And, and was, we had was forgotten nurse, that, that. Was this a nurse that you had had before? Yes. Yes. It was uh, a nurse that had been out on, on out for funeral leave. Okay. Yeah. So what happened? And so what happened, what happened was there was supposed to be a, um, a meeting with a nurse supervisor and we had completely forgotten ever about it. And obviously keep in mind, because of the time that, you spent not sleeping. Correct. And not only that, the house was a bit of a mess. Uh, and so what happened was the nurse came in, saw that the house was a mess. Uh, Mandy, like Mike said, she had brittle bone issues and she would bruise very easily. And so she had a bruise on her thigh. The nurse saw that the house was a mess, saw that the nurse supervisor saw that the house was a mess, saw the bruise on Mandy, took two and two, made 10, and said, this child is being abused. Wait, now, let me ask you a question. 
have you ever had this? This is the nurse supervisor, correct? Yep. Okay, and had you ever had this nurse supervisor before? Yes. Yeah, we, yeah, we were... visit with her like once a once every quarter, once every once every three months, and you know we would have these meetings and okay, how's Mandy doing? How's her care? Has her medications changed? All that jazz. Are there just, any? Just are somebody, there any just somebody to, to make sure of? that everything's going right, basically. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But but according to her, the child's being abused. And she she had to have known about the brittle bone situation. She did. She did, yeah. But see, but she, the, what we found out, there's, there's another piece here that we haven't talked about. Uh, her supervisor uh, apparently had an ulterior plan. We found this out later. But she had an ulterior plan. Her plan was to get us proven unfit so she could adopt Mandy out from under us. You're kidding, and I'm not kidding. That out through our advocate. Yep, you're she got serious. All the Your advocate was able to find this out. Oh yep. yeah, yep. She admitted it to her. Oh my God, she had, the nurse supervisor actually admitted this. No, 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 no. He, yeah, the 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 higher up, not oh not the nurse God. supervisor, the higher up. But wow. nurse, so what happened that, was that higher up told the nurse supervisor to call CPS and the police. Oh wow. I, I'm I am just flabbergasted by this whole entire story now. I mean, I've gotten bits and pieces from you guys, <laughs> but this is not this I did not know about. I mean, I knew that the no I thought it was the nurse supervisor. No. No, it, it, this was this was one of the bureaucrats in uh, um, in the Arizona system. She and she was good. She uh, there was a, a a a organization called the Division for Developmental Disabilities, and she was a bureaucrat high up in there, and she wanted Mandy. Oh my God! And so, you know, and as. So the nurse that was normally working with us is standing there, wait a minute, that's not true. And she was told, if you fight this, your nursing license will be gone. Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to have your nursing license severed. Obviously she didn't want that. Right. So basically, yeah, she didn't want that. She got scared and she abandoned us. You know, cause we were oh my like, hey, can we get, call you? Can we call you as a witness? No, I can't do that. No, so, I thought that she, she agreed she, to be a witness for us, and they oh, that's right. That, that that they would that they would kill her nursing license. That's what it was. Okay, I remember. Oh my God! So this is amazingly flabbergasting. So that afternoon, about two o'clock in the afternoon, uh, our nurse knocks on the door, and she's like. Uh, the, this nurse is hit. This uh, nursing supervisor is here, and I said, "Oh, I said, oh crud! I forgot about that meeting. Can you?" And I told the the nurses, "You know, look, I'm out of it. I, I can you please ask? Can we her, reschedule the meeting? Can we reschedule the meeting and please apologize for me?" Well, while the nurses, to our nurses talking to us, the nursing supervisor walks into our house uninvited. 
And that's when she saw the Wait, 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 wait. She walked into your house completely illegally because that's not allowed. Yep. Exactly. She illegally entered your house. Uh-huh. Yep. Saw that the house was a mess. Saw Mandy with the bruise on her. Took two and two, made ten, and now you got and and now you got the wheel spinning. And CPS comes waltzing back in. I'm assuming because of this new supervisor. Yeah. Yep. So wow. they dismiss our nurse. The 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 they tell the nurse she has to leave. So they leave us once again without any supports. And so that and night, the, I decided. Then we. You know, yeah, the cops that came. night we were so fried we decided to use some respite hours and we put Mandy back in uh, the nursing home so that we could actually get some rest and so we could right you know get- which which by the way you had respite care for Mandy which is something that you can do yep so what happened at that point so the next she's day in- a police officer showed up no, at no. our home no it was that night Teresa yeah it was, it was. That day was it that night it was that day. Oh, yeah, because Mandy was already gone. Yeah, Mandy was already gone. No, yeah. no. No. No, 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 no. No, she was there because the cop looked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She was there because the cop looked at her. Yeah. And he he started questioning both of us, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And keep in mind, we're both mentally fried, and we're being questioned by a cop. In other words, you guys at this point aren't, viable enough to speak for yourselves exactly yeah only because you haven't had any rest whatsoever sleep deprivation yep, yep. sleep deprivation oh yeah i mean yep. we'd only been asleep maybe but, two maybe two hours when all this happened maybe maybe if you were lucky if we were lucky yeah and that was after three days of of uh four hours of rest at a time not to mention mm-hmm. the fact of the nurse being abandoned by you. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the cops told the nurse that she had to leave. Okay. So that night I decided, you know what? We've got a situation here. We need to get Mandy into respite so that we can handle this, you know, get the house issue de- dealt with. And right. it wasn't that dirty. It was cluttered, but it wasn't that dirty. Right. And Mandy was and clean so what hap- and bathed and all that jazz. So Right, right. So what happened is we once again got in the clutches of CPS. Okay. And they called it, they, we had a meeting. We were, and our advocate was aware of the situation. Um, we had a meeting, but they were being really stupid about things. And and they decided that even though Mandy is in a nursing home, perfectly safe, perfectly fine, they took her into custody. And they had planned to take her into custody because we found out later that there had been a what they call a, an RFQ, a request for quote, sent out for a foster family to take custody of her and one showed up at the nursing facility the nursing home uh with intentions of taking custody 
fortunately for us, the nursing agency was on our side, or the nursing the nursing uh, uh, home was on our side. Facility. The facility. They they pretty much because the thing was this lady that showed up had no oxygen. You're supposed to have a second person with you. She did not. Uh, she did not have any training, and so the nursing facility said, "Uh-uh, you're not taking this kid." So, wow. So basically, the foster parent that came to take Mandy, based on the CPS caseworker, the investigator, obviously, right, came to take this Mandy into custody to take her to her home, and she had nothing for Mandy to take care of her, specifically the oxygen. She didn't have oxygen, yep. she didn't have suctioning equipment, and she didn't have a second person to watch Mandy while they were traveling, which these oh, things are mandatory. Which, which, which these are requirements that they place upon you, obviously. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah, we always had oxygen with us. We always had uh, suctioning equipment. equipment. Yeah. Yep. Always. Wow. So, and I mean, when the CPS people told us we don't, we are concerned for the safety of this child, we are taking her into custody, that was a blow. I mean, um, I remember just walking out going, what the hell? Oh, my God. What did I, I do I, wrong? I am so sorry that you guys had to go through all of this. I mean, I, I knew a part of this story. I, I, I didn't expected to go this deep. I didn't know there were two CPS cases. I thought it was all one individual case. Nope. There nope. were two cases. Okay, so let, let's 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 step back for a minute. You've gone through one CPS case already, which you obviously won. Yep. But there is a case against you in the system. Yes. Yeah. Now you are involved in a second case that has to do with complete false allegations. Yep. And yet there are, uh, there's a foster parent, according to CPS, who's ready to take them, according to CPS. And yet they are questioned by the nursing facility, which is the respite care that Mandy was at, correct? Correct. Yes. And they are told she doesn't have this, she doesn't have this, she doesn't have this. How is she going to care for her as a foster parent? Exactly. Correct. So they said if her she were taken, she would have been in such imminent danger that she would have been in the emergency room or dead. Am I correct about that? A hundred percent. So I, I believe that if she were taken, that uh, she would have been dead. Now, understand, I want my audience to understand, according to a previous episode that I told you about, children that are in foster care have a six times more likely capability of being dead than any other child, even one in an abusive home. And obviously, Mandy was not in an abusive home. No. And and I want to add to what you just said, Adam. Uh, in Arizona, Arizona is the largest um, CPS foster state in the country. And they are known 
for taking medically fragile kids like Mandy, and there are many cases where those kids end up dead. Wow. Well, I don't, I don't doubt it. Mind you, I want my audience to remember Carlos Morales is the one that came out and said that and found the statistic six times more likely for a child in foster care to be dead than in being in an abusive home. Yeah, I mm -hmm. mean, it's a moneymaker. It's a moneymaker for the state, and it's a moneymaker for the foster care. For the foster families. And I'm not saying yeah, there isn't good foster care people out there. I'm sure there are. But, but they get paid for Michael, each kid. Michael, Michael, repeat that one more time. I said, I'm sure there are good foster care people out there that have the best of intentions, but the system is rigged, especially wow. against special needs kids because yep. they get okay, paid so more for special I, needs I, I kids. I know for a fact you have Mandy now. Tell yes. me exactly what you had to do in order to get Mandy back into your care. And you're obviously not in Arizona anymore. No, I, I know and that I'm not going to say where we are. <laughs> no, I, and that's I, fine. I don't, I don't want you to say where you are. I don't want you to, re, to say where you are or, or say anything that you don't want to talk about. Right. Okay. So I here, do here. want you to tell me what you had to do to get Mandy back. As I said, I know Mandy is in your care now. She's now how old? She's 12 years old now. She's Mm -hmm. okay, so basically, so we had to go now. through. What did you yep. have to go through? We had to go through a litany of tests, including psychological evaluations. With um, um, we had we had a lot of incidences that got reported on us that were not true. Things that they said I said, for example, they said that I uh, because you know we had it. Oh, no, that, that was the first case. I'm sorry. Um, you know, no, there was that, though, a lot of crap please, that was... Be that, 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 that's a good indication. Yeah. So, okay, we had a cat at the time. This is before... This is during the first case. Okay. And uh, they said that, a, you know, a cat and a trach don't mix. Okay, that means I got to get rid of my cat, which I was a little upset about because, you know, we kind of love the little fur ball. Um, right. So they and wanted you to was, get rid of your pets because, according yeah. to them, it would be an endangerment to Mandy. Yes. Yeah. So I, I was a little upset, and I, I must have mentioned it. And they documented that I love the cat more than I love my kid. What? Uh-huh. Just because you stated you didn't want to get rid of your, your cat? No, no. She said, I'm going to miss the cat. And that's, that's what all she said, that I'm going to yeah. miss the cat. Because yeah. obviously, if you said that, you were planning to get rid of the cat to begin with because of what they stated. Exactly. Right. Right. So because you yeah, said, we found a good home. I'm going to, we found a good said, home for him and everything. Because you said, I'm going to miss the cat, they literally documented that you love the cat more than your child? How the hell yep. did you get that? I don't know. Believe me, we ran across many instances like that. Oh my uh, God. So bad that, I mean, because every time we were turning around, they were documenting crap about us. I remember one in particular, Teresa was trying to find the restroom 
inside Mandy's uh, uh, hospital room and uh -huh. there were toys on the floor and she was tripping over them. So I grabbed her by the hand like I always do and I showed her where the restroom was. Okay, they documented. Now, I, want, I want people, hold on, hold on. I want people to understand something about blind people here. And Michael and Teresa, you obviously can attest to that. When a blind person does not know a room, someone who especially is completely blind, when they do not know the room, when there are things in the way that they are not familiar with, they are not able to navigate to where they need to go. Is that not true? Yeah, it's true. Yes. Okay, yep. so uh -huh. there were toys you on are in the floor. a room <laughs> filled with toys that right. obviously are probably scattered on the floor like children tend to do. Right. Uh-huh. And you are trying to get to the bathroom. You can't get to the bathroom because of the toys. They're kind of confusing you of where you're trying to go, obviously. Michael, being a proper husband, gets up, takes your hand to try to navigate you or help navigate you to the bathroom and they document uh -huh. what uh -huh. they documented that, that he had good, he good. had to help me use the restroom oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah oh oh and he's too busy caring for his wife that he can't care for the child wait That's so they actually documented that too yep uh-huh oh wow and they held that against uh, look, us look, for a long time. I have, I have a wife. There are times that my wife couldn't take care of the children. I'm the one that took care of the children for one reason or another. Either I or my eldest daughter did. And yet, it, it, what are they going to say about me? That I can't take care of my child because my eldest daughter had to? <laughs> are you serious? In fact, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're dealing with these kind of people, okay, they're looking for, they're gunning for you. They're looking for reasons, anything they can use to, um, to, to, to build a case. They don't care about you as a parent. They'll talk a game about uh, reunification and all that other stuff, but they don't mean it. They never do. Wow. So what I'm, ended up happening, I mean, it got so bad. I'm not kidding you. I got so pissed off and frustrated about it. I finally put a gag order on the facility and told them that they couldn't release any information to, to uh, the powers anyone. that be So you actually had permission. to go to court to put no, a gag order no, no, on no, the facility? No, no, I just wrote, a, I wrote it. I gave them a written order that said that they had no right to speak to anyone or give any information without my okay. Okay, so you could do this, obviously. This is a legal medical thing. I still had custody. Correct? Yeah, I still had custody. So they're, they're, they, I could do that, even wow. though CPS was involved. And just out of curiosity, were you uh, advised to do this by anybody? No, I came yeah. up with the idea. No, no, this was, this was, we were so fed up with the garbage and the crap and the being written up for every little uh, thing that we did, right or wrong that we decided we were gonna fight back. We had had enough. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand, this is a tip that they are giving you. If you are in a situation like this, you may be able to do this according to your state law. So I suggest that you research this and try to find out whether or not you're able to do this. At the very least, go to a lawyer 
who's willing to give you a half an hour, an hour's worth of time and talk to them and ask and, them, are you able to do this? And, and since we're in the area of giving tips, I've got one for your audience. No, when, it, when you are dealing with a CPS worker or anyone involving your child and possible custody issues, leave, make sure you document everything. Leave a paper trail. Document every email you sent, every phone conversation you have, every text, everything you do interacting with these people. That is because, actually a very good tip. Because you can go back to those records and if you have to, you can pull them up in court and go, Your Honor, this is not the case. Da, 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 da. So, so on and so forth. Okay. And I have the documentation to prove it. Now, also, I also want to state that another tip for you, if you are in your home and you have a caseworker that's becoming into your home, you have the right to video and audio record this person as yep. documentation for your own purposes. Uh, all you got to do, at least in my state, all you've got to do is tell them you are being video and audio recorded before you come into this house and when you come into this house. So I want you to understand that. In most states, that's usually what is able to be covered. Correct. And also, so, you know, remember, the only way they have a right to come into your home is if, if, if a cop brings a warrant. That's and it. understand that's that's in an investigative situation. When, yep. Once you have a caseworker, you're kind of in the system. That it's a different situation altogether. And if you don't, the the sad thing is, if you don't cooperate with them to some degree, if you start coming off as belligerent, they will try to hold that against you. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. I can but, see, but, see, but, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What, how do they define belligerent? If you assert your rights as an American citizen, no, you do not have the right to enter my home. I have done nothing wrong. Then they will say, oh, you're being belligerent. That's another charge against you. It's, it's very vague in this yes. situation. So yep. that's another tip. Don't just and, uh, understand don't. your rights and fight for them. But be very careful about yelling and screaming because this will go against you. Be and very your polite and keep yourself yes. under control. I mean, yes. that was and that's one of very the hard to do for some people, especially when you're being accused of being not taking care of your child, being right. that your house is a mess. Believe me, this is a very hard thing to do. I know this for. A oh, fact. it is. Um, and 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 believe me, I understand. Especially, you know. God, there was so much that happened in our case. I mean, there was one point where they tried to accuse Michael of sexual abuse of our daughter. Oh, my God. Are you serious? While she was in custody. Yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. Wait, While she, she was in custody. custody? Yeah. yeah. The, okay, the, you need to tell me about this. <laughs> uh, we, we went to the – they at the, at the time that, that that's happened, she had been moved to a um, – a medical a foster special needs home. home. Yeah, okay. a medical foster home. And we were going there and then we're like, and, and, and I want to set the stage. There's two nursing people, or I think it was like one nurse and one aide or something like that. Yeah. And there's like up to 14 kids in this home. No, not that. Okay. okay? It felt like. There okay, like I might be wrong on the number. Yeah, there was Sorry. like five. Okay. And I mean, but they, some of so, these kids were critically ill. 
I mean, okay. yeah. on, there were, they had kids and on so, vent. They had kids that were, you know, on their way out. Okay, so how did this right. happen, though? So what ended up happening is, okay, we're, we went through a few, a few hearings and the judge said, well, I'd like you guys to try to meet. Um, yeah, we'll have the attorney general there. We'll have uh, CPS there. We'll have all the, all the people there. And, you know, we could sit down and see if, what, we, what we need to do to work all this out. Because, see, right. they did not mm -hmm. understand how to, how do you, how do you, work a blind person through this system you know the two blind yeah. people through this system and we were day. a complete anomaly to them and so what happened was we're sitting in this meeting with the attorney general of the state and she's looking at mike like he's a vile piece of garbage predator okay and our and advocate going, was there and she's trying to negotiate and try to work things out on her behalf and basically this attorney general is like you know wouldn't wouldn't budge an inch on anything okay you know had was not not cooperative at all and we found out later that someone had filed an anonymous tip that this had happened and that the thing you was, had sexually we, abused your child yeah i had molested my yeah. kid you know and I, see the thing under, was please understand, and the thing was mandy one, Hang one on. Sec, the one. thing was, we found out later. We found out later that Mandy was exhibiting signs that she had been molested, but we never knew how. Okay. Keep, keep in mind this in this house, we were under video surveillance the entire time. Oh yeah. So if so there, they would obviously be able to tell if you somehow sexually molested Mandy. Exactly. Exactly. And did did you uh, were you able to bring video to light to prove that you weren't? No, even it, it dropped eventually because they didn't have any proof. And obviously, you never ever. No, of course not. I love my kid, and I've been through hell and back for my kid. There's no way in wow. the world I would do something like that. I I I. I, I didn't know that, Michael. You never told me that part ever. <laughs> there's a lot you of details. You never told me. Well, there's a story. lot. There's a lot we never told anyone, Adam. I mean, you know, there was a lot that so, we went through, and Mike and I just dealt with it. I, I, I'm assuming Sherry was the advocate that you're speaking of that's been fighting for you this whole entire time. Yes. Yes. Uh, she's obviously when, when, she's obviously a main person in your corner. Yes. Yep. Okay, so what happened at that point? When, when the attorney when, general when the, refused to cooperate? Yeah. Yeah. When when the re attorney general refused to cooperate, Sherry looked at us and said, You guys need to lawyer up. No, and we had an attorney so, at that point, Trace. Did we? I, I don't okay, remember what another, happened. They just dropped it. They just dropped that point, obviously, because they weren't able to prove it. Yeah, there was no proof. No. But see, I mean, uh, what I honestly believe, well, and this is honestly what I believe. I can't prove this, but this is what I believe. I believe my daughter was molested, and they had the molester on camera, but they couldn't pin it on us. And we we wow. don't know to this day who it was, but 
That's our belief. But I promise you, if, yeah, I, I, because I, I, she started just doing odd things and, yeah. That were obviously signs of molestation. Yeah. Yes. And see, the problem is when you've got a special needs kid that can't talk, they can't tell you. That's true. That's something that you did, did were, had failed to state that because of the trach, that it was because of the trach that she was unable to talk, correct? Yes. Okay, so obviously you were fighting all this time. Yeah. And you obviously eventually got a lawyer. Tell me about that situation. We each were required to have a lawyer. And so, so um, you had to have a lawyer and Michael had to have a lawyer and obviously Mandy had to have a lawyer. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Okay. So what happened then? Um, so the lawyer that Mike had was paid for by his parents. And so his parents had to help you get a lawyer. And I remember here, his parents basically moved to Arizona. Was that at that point? That was a little before that. Oh, it's a little yeah. bit before that. Yeah. Yes. Because that and, was one of the... I was kind of... Go ahead, Tracy. I was kind of given uh, a court-appointed lawyer, which, by the way, um, all that stuff about if you cannot afford a lawyer, uh, one will be appointed for you. Uh, let me tell you something. The one that's appointed for you doesn't care about you. Their job is to run you through the system. That's it. Make you jump okay. through the hoops. Okay. And so what ended up happening is regarding my parents. And I mean, you want to talk about a turning point. My mom and dad walked away from their house and moved to Arizona to support us. They were right. hoping to take custody of Mandy uh, so that we could we could solve the problem and get Mandy, you know, back with family. Right. And and that obviously didn't happen. No. No, they just they, they found a way to disprove my parents of for custody. Wow. And that was a bunch of horse crap too that I don't want to get into. Um I mean it 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 was such a joke, Adam, in so many respects. I mean, like the psychologist. Uh you know, they, they make you jump through these hoops. You got to go through a psychological evaluation. You get, you, sometimes you, times you have to have a drug test. You have to, uh, you, you have to go through uh, 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 parenting, parenting classes, classes, and you have to be trained how to take care of her again. Okay? Okay. Those are the steps. And, I mean, Arizona was so backed up on, on their cases that uh it you know this happened originally in april we didn't get a psychologist until november okay? okay so that was part of the reason why 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 mandy was in custody for so long now so because of all the situations that were happening with mandy from the very beginning i yeah. remember you put up a website yeah that was actually way before i'll, I'll get into that at the end if you don't mind okay um, but what ended up happening is, um, so they hired, they hired a psychologist to do our psychological evaluation. They did okay. not tell us to the psychologist that we were blind. Okay. Oh, wow. So we walk into the oh, psychologist's yeah. oh, yeah. office 
And the psychologist has no idea that we're blind. And she's going to do the psychological evaluation by reading us the questions and having us answer at the same time and expecting an unbiased answer. So like, you know, she would ask me the question, I would answer it, and then Teresa would answer the question. You okay. know, and expect it to be an unbiased uh, deal. Our that, advocate found out about this one and went, if you even try and admit that to court. Um, so we- That's they, not considered they unbiased. That's that's not considered unbiased because the 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 court appointed uh, psychologist it was court appointed correct yes the court appointed psychologist wouldn't be considered unbiased if she wrote it down well the thing was how can you re especially with the psychological eval you can't you can't have two people answering the question and expect there not to In be any bias. In the same yeah, room. That's, in that's the what same I'm talking room. about. That's that's a completely unbiased test. So our advocate said, "No, if you try to do this, I'm going to make sure the judge throws it out." And our our advocate, fortunately, was someone who had a lot of pull with the state. Uh, wow, so, that 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 was a, a a handful for you. That was a god thing, <laughs> man. Yeah, you it know, it really was. I mean, we ended up going through the parenting and classes. That's what I mean, buddy. It was a a handful you you actually had a lawyer for yourself who obviously is going to fight for Teresa too yes i mean th there's no way you could separate I, this and let's be clear i trusted mike's attorney more than i trusted my own i believe it i believe it and then on top of that you have an advocate who's going to fight for you um and and basically make sure that things are going right with for example the testing right so yeah. in she, the end what what happened in the court case we went we jumped end, through go ahead trace we jumped through a whole bunch of hoops i ended up going to uh, a training center in all in uh, colorado um for learning how to operate as a totally blind person and we had a court case. I appeared by phone, and the judge finally returned custody to us. So you now have custody of Mandy and are obviously not in the state of Arizona. No, we're not. We found out that they were trying to pass a law in the state um, legislature that would give termination rights uh to cps if if a family member was dis disabled and do you know do you happen to know if they ever passed that that right that i don't call? think they did i don't i don't think they did sherry uh, i spoke with sherry recently and she said that i don't think she did okay but we were told to get out of dodge and quickly yeah and i can understand why I can understand why, especially with a state that's trying to file a law that when you're disabled, then you, I mean, that, that, that is so vague, it's not even funny. A person who has dis depression can be considered uh, disabled and they're going to take their child away from them. I mean, that's going to just mm -hmm. put the person in 
more depression. How do you have a society or community like that? You can't. They, but the thing is, they don't care, Adam. To them, every single child they they throw into the system is more money. It's a money. It's a money laundering scheme, is what it is. Ah, uh, it's that, that and a whole lot more. Yeah. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I mean, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other things that are going on that at this point we can't talk about at this time. Um, but right. you got Mandy back. You're no longer in the state of Arizona. And I, I don't want you to say where you are, obviously. Right. Um, what are your plans now other than, of course, taking care of your family? I mean, we still have, um, home, we, we still have home care. We still have the scrutiny of the state on us. Uh, you know, the biggest thing we've done is we've allied ourselves with people where we're at that will, you know, that have our back and, you know, will, will stand up for us. Right. Uh, and, you know, now that I know kind of what my rights are and what, what I can say and what I can't say. Right. Um, but, but obviously since you know your rights now, you are able to fight better. Yeah. Yep. And we dot we know how to document and we know how to, you know, to deal with what we got to deal with. But yep. right. Here's the here's the point. If you have a special needs kid, they're gonna gun for you. That's all there is to it. They'll always be gunning for you. So you got to keep your 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 eyes your your eyes dotted and your T's crossed all the way across the board. And, and I think that's the biggest tip that we have for our audience. You need to document everything in one way or another. Yes. I, I would prefer video and audio documentation because it is much stronger in a court of law. Um, you just need to make sure you follow your state's uh, visual and audio recording yeah. law in order for that to happen. Know what your law says. And if you get yourself into a situation if you have a special needs kid, make sure you've got an advocate of some kind. I mean, I know we we were we were blessed to have the lady that we had, and it is by the grace of God that that lady came into our came into our situation. But mm -hmm. find an advocate, find somebody who knows the law, who knows how to work into the system, work in the system, right? Uh, whether it be the educational system or whether it be the medical system or or what have you. Right. And do your own homework. Do your own research. Find out what trigger points on uh, CPSD or the state or whatever. Find out what triggers them in your state because you don't want to unwittingly. And, and one last thing that I'll offer is realize that anyone right now can be a mandatory reporter, including your own pastor. Yes. If you are a churchgoer, your own pastor, school teachers, anyone affiliated with uh, working with the state, um, anyone that has any kind of social work affiliation whatsoever, they are a mandatory reporter. That means if they believe there is any kind of abuse or anything in your home, true or not, they are required to report to snitch on you. Right. It doesn't matter if the allegations are true or not. Yeah. If they, if they, if there is, uh, if, if there, 
is they if there's some allegation and they don't report it, they will help be they will be held liable. One it's of the a biggest sick things. System. Yes, it, it, the CPS in any state is right. in the United States, and from what I understand, that I'm getting stories also from people around the world, which is in some cases, believe it or not, worse than some situations. Um, I'm getting reports around the world of other situations that would not only tear your heart up, they would literally put you into depression if you actually knew the truth. One of the things I want to say is, uh, Michael, Teresa, I want to thank you for coming on this, on this uh, podcast and telling your story as much as you have. I, I can't believe some of the things that you've told me that I didn't know about. I knew about some of this stuff because of the, the things that you told me. That this is what happens when things happen and you don't know your rights. One of the biggest things I want to know, want you to know is I, I thank you again for coming onto the show. Uh, is there any last things you'd like to say? Yes, there is. I want to make it clear on one issue, okay? It is by the grace of God that we got through it. Amen. And I don't know what your, what your listeners' relationship is with God, but they, if they are going through a situation similar to this, they need the Lord in their life because it is the only way that they're going to get through it emotionally. I mean, I came close to having an emotional breakdown. At one point, I thought I could I consider committing suicide because I was so done with the whole mess. You know, it was only, it was a pastor friend of ours that reached out to me and, you know, held me by the arm and brought me through it. Because if it wasn't for that individual reaching out, God knows what would have happened because I was so done. I want you. I want to explain to you people that have never had your kid taken what it's like walking into your child's bedroom. You've got all. You've got her toys on the floor. You've got all this medical equipment all over the place, and your kid's not there. And you don't know when you're going to get your kid back. It's almost like they're dead. It's. And it's hard for you when you when you go into church or you see kids playing with their parents and you're sitting there going, that should be me. But that's not me because some thief has my kid. And this is what CPS does. It, One of the last things I want to state is something that family court judge Brian Lindsay stated. There is no system ever devised by mankind that is guaranteed to rip husband and wife or father and child apart so bitterly than our present family court system. This is exactly where we are at, ladies and gentlemen. And it's something that I cannot believe that has been flabbergasting to hear these stories. And it's so hurtful and painful for me because I'm going through it with my own daughter. This is the reason why I have taken up the mantra of CPS truth now. Yeah. Because this is the truth that needs to come out. This is the truth 
that needs to come out about CPS and what they're doing. It is not helping people. It is not reunification with the families. Right. They are literally destroying family lives. They are taking and ripping children apart. 85% of children that are taken from their families are not taken because of cases of physical or sexual abuse. And yet it's 85% of them that are taken. And that is a travesty. This is the atrocity that I am speaking about. Yeah. Again, thank you for coming on the show. You are very welcome. I believe the only way we're going to change this is by exposing it and um, and by prayer. Yeah. That's I, I believe that prayer can move mountains, and this is one big mountain we want moved. We want the – I mean, I want to see I, – I, every, every time I hear about a case where a child is taken – it breaks my heart. So, Adam, I want to applaud you for what you're doing for uh, stepping into this. Um, and please share these stories because people need to know what's going on. Thank you very much once again. With that, I'd like to close out my podcast by stating I am Adam R. Garcia, the host of CPS Truth Now podcast, where the truth will set you free from CPS atrocities. I will see you again the next time. Remember, the truth is out there. And the truth is what we are gunning for. And the one thing I want you to know is I will see you on the truthful side. You've been listening to the CPS Truth Now podcast with your host, Adam R. Garcia, where the truth will set you free from CPS atrocities. We will see you next time on The Truthful Side.